unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. So, um, with what we're doing tonight, I didn't do headlines tonight, but it is important to recognize our sponsor, the Serving Times, as if customer service wasn't ridiculous enough. Putting out some good stuff out there right now. I know Blaine Tag says he's had, been in a little bit of a rut, and I think we all have, especially with these topics and whatnot, but it's still quality journalism. Uh, the link to the Serving Times is in the description of the video. So please go check his stuff out. It's great. Also, too, I did see um, Adam Cott released a picture of his new book, uh, the sequel to Life on the Grocery Line. I need to get with him about having him back on the show as he gets closer to being done with that. I think it's called The Patron Saints of Grocery, which is cool. What's up, Mel? Nice to see you. Hello, Mad Dog. So um, what I'm going to do is... this topic is something else, boys and girls. It is, um, I, as this starts to happen and, and, and we see the push for what they're trying to do, when job numbers are actually pretty good, I mean, unemployment's like 3.4%. And, uh, but there's a reason why this is going on. And we're going to get into that um, because it's pretty scandalous. So what I want to do real quick, is for those of you who haven't been on Twitter or whatnot, um, I'm going to kind of give you the spin, how they're looking at this. So check this out real quick. But we also did something different. In this family, we may have a child that uh, able-bodied, not married, no kids, but he's sitting on the couch collecting welfare. We're going to put work requirements on that individual, so he's going to have work requirements. He's going to get a job, and it's going to make the life easier. But we're all yeah. He wanted for kids to get jobs for benefits. Right. Exactly. And um, it's a little ridiculous. So, Irish, before we get, like, really into the weeds in this, what are you guys having any kind of movement like that over there? Uh, no, <clears throat> is the, the short answer. Now, when I looked into this, we actually we have protections against uh, employing uh well, minors, I suppose, anyone under the age of 18, they are allowed to work. Uh, as They can work as young as uh, 14, but it's pretty restrictive. Like, you know, I mean, they can't be within the school year. It's capped a number of hours a week. Uh, but in theory, they could be exploited pretty badly because they don't have to pay them the uh, minimum wage. They can pay them a, a lower rate than that because it's not experienced adult labor, as they say in law. So but the main that, difference... Hmm? They do that there in Ireland too? They pay them less? They can do, uh, but that's 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 what I was getting at. Um, like in the big box retailer that I worked in, like you're you're pretty much discouraged from from uh, employing anyone under the age of eighteen because they can't work the registers because if you, if they sell uh, uh, alcohol, cigarettes, or like even uh, knives or something like that, you know, minors can't sell those items because you know you have to be a competent adult to ID somebody. You know, uh, so you're kind of discouraged from doing it, but. Uh, but I suppose the main difference is is that it's not really a, a, a thing here. Even though we could do it, it's it's not really a push here, and it's 
it's not really in our culture to do as of yet. Uh, but, but having said that, it, it's probably gone the opposite way to you guys. Because, I mean, I started working at, at a completely illegal age. I was 13 when I started working, you know. Um, but it was, that was just the dumb thing back then. Uh, but now it's very rare to to actually get that. So this is a, this is a dichotomy here. It's it's actually very different uh, from the states. Well, what the way I look at it too is this is yet again another thing that's going to affect low income families because you're going to have kids, you know, start to find out that they you know they can work at 14 and you know they're cognizant of the struggles in their family. Maybe they've got a single parent or whatnot, because your rich folk with kids in private school at 14 years old, they're probably not working. That's mm-hmm. probably not happening. Yeah, and that's exactly why I was working at 13, by the way. You described it perfectly. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that, that's exactly what the, this is a reflection of, of uh, the times that, that people find themselves in. No, there's no young teenager working for fun, they're, they're not working for the experience. Uh, at, at a stretch, they might be working for their own disposable income, but that's that just reflects the fact that their parents don't have any. Yeah, and, you know, Hybrid brings up, you know, started working at the age of 12 at soccer games as a ref, no taxes, and about two or $300 a weekend. There's some stuff that, you know, yeah, that the kids did, you know, whether it be sports, um, you know, anywhere Basically, you can get cheap labor, you know, stuff that's more community driven or whatnot. You know, recently, one of my children finally went to work um, and then his brother, who is not able to work, wants to throw in our face that Chick-fil-A hires at the age he's at. And, um, you know, because he's motivated by money. And, that, and that's a different thing. You know, th- this is a kid who swears he's going to be the CEO of Google. And if he does that, hey, that's fa- fucking fantastic, right? But, you know, what this does is you, when you have struggling families that need every dollar coming in, you know, they try to say that this, you know, it all hinges on parental consent. You know, but if you got a family that's drowning and every dollar counts, they may, out of desperation, consent to something for their child that they probably shouldn't because they're just looking for that money to come in. Uh, Mad Dog says, I mean, what about the families who are relying on the older kids for watching siblings? Parents can't afford childcare. That's true, too. Um, Hybrid says, politicians don't believe in childcare. They believe in forced birth. That's true. All right. So, blame tag, if you're still with us, um, this set of screens is where we're going to get to your new target. So, we're going to go over this real quick. So this is from the Economic Policy Institute, and there's there's a lot going on in here, all right? So the headline, child labor laws are under attack in the states across the country. Amid increasing child labor violations, lawmakers must act to strengthen standards. So the summary of their findings were both violations of child labor laws and proposals to roll back child labor protections are on the rise across the country. The number of minors employed in violation of child labor laws increased 37% in the last year, and at least 10 states introduced or passed laws rolling back child labor protections in the past two years. Attempts to weaken state-level child labor standards are part of a coordinated campaign backed by industry groups intent on eventually diluting federal standards that cover the whole country. 
Youth labor force participation declines over the past 20 years reflect that a steadily growing share of young people are choosing to complete high school and obtain additional education in order to increase their long-term employability and earnings. Putting off work in order to obtain more skills and education is a positive trend for both individuals and the economy, not one that should be slowed or reversed. State and federal lawmakers must act to protect and advance the rights of workers of all ages and backgrounds while protecting poor and or immigrant youth from exploitation. Policy recommendations include raising the minimum wage and eliminating sub-minimum wages for youth, ending the two-tiered system of standards for agricultural and non-agricultural work, enforcing wage and hour laws, passing key immigration reforms, and supporting workers' rights to organize and form unions. And then in figure A, you have child labor violations are on the rise, minors employed in violation of child labor laws and hazardous occupation orders, fiscal years 2015 through 2022. So take a look. 2015, 1,012, 2022, 3,876 minors employed in violation of child labor laws. Uh, in 2015, you had 355 minors. In 2022, you had 688. And those minors were employed in violation of hazardous occupation orders. So you've got that. <coughs> now. This was the interesting part, and, you know, most of us probably knew this to begin with, but industry groups are pushing state legislatures to weaken child labor protections, while federal agencies are ramping up enforcement of child labor protections in response to increasing violations, industry groups, industry groups, are working to roll back child labor protections via state legislation. Already in 2023, eight bills to weaken child labor protections have been introduced in six Midwestern states, Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, Ohio, and South Dakota, and in Arkansas, where a bill repealing restrictions on work for 14 and 15-year-olds has now been signed into law. One bill introduced in Minnesota would allow 16 and 17-year-olds to work on construction sites. Ten states have introduced considered or passed legislation rolling back protections for younger workers in just the past two years. So this is a, a chart of the different states and industry supporters. So Arkansas, you know, signed into law, eliminates age verification and parent guardian permission requirements. So that one, you know, if a 14-year-old wants to apply for a job, they can do it without the parent's consent. That don't seem right at all. Now, Iowa lifted restrictions on hazardous work, lowers age for alcohol service, extends work hours, grants employer immunity from civil liability for workplace injuries, illness, and death. Let that sink in for just a minute. All right? Um, that was introduced this year. That's what you're trying to do. And who supports it? Oh, Americans for Prosperity, Home Builders Association of Iowa. Iowa National Federation of Independent Business, Iowa Farm Equipment Dealers Association, Iowa Association of Business and Industry, Iowa Hotel and Lodging Association, Iowa Restaurant Association. Shocker. And then in 2022, they enacted lower the minimum age of child care workers, increased staff to child ratios. Um, and that was by the, I'm not even going to attempt to say that, it was a Chamber of Commerce. Then you got Minnesota. Uh, introduced this year, lifts restrictions on hazardous work. 
And that's backed by BATC Housing First Minnesota lobby to allow 16 and 17 year olds to work in construction in 2019. Nice. And then they also are trying to extend work hours. Uh, Missouri just tried to extend work hours. It's been postponed. Uh, Nebraska introduced this year subminimum wage for youth. And that was backed by the Nebraska Chamber of Commerce and Industry and the Nebraska Grocery Industry Association. Nice. Okay. Uh, New Hampshire, enacted in 2022, lowers age to bus tables where alcohol is served and extended work hours. And that was backed by the New Hampshire Lodging and Restaurant Association and the New Hampshire Liquor Commission. Nice. And then in New Jersey, in 2022, they enacted extended work hours, increases time before break. And that was the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce, New Jersey Business and Industry Association. And then Ohio passed in the Senate this year, extended work hours. That was backed by Americans for Prosperity, Pickerington Area Chamber of Commerce, Ohio NFIB, and the Ohio Restaurant Association. South Dakota tried to extend work hours in 2023, and it was withdrawn. And then Wisconsin uh, extended the work hours in 2021 and 2022. It was passed in the House and the Senate, but it was vetoed by the governor. That was backed by Wisconsin Grocers Association, Wisconsin Independent Businesses Incorporated, Wisconsin NFIB, Association of Wisconsin Tourism Attractions, Wisconsin Hotel and Lodging Association. All right, so there's that, but wait, there's more. There's always more. This was the Economic Policy Institute's recommendations. It says today's young workers, both immigrant and native-born, are asking more of the workplace and economy than previous generations, not less. They want living wages, equitable and diverse workplaces, equal employment opportunities regardless of immigration status, and a collective voice at the table. And many are eager to organize and advocate to achieve these ends. If employers hope to recruit and retain young workers, they should recognize and respond to these realities rather than lobbying to suppress wages and roll back existing minimal labor standards. Policymakers should ensure that young workers' reasonable expectations can become realities by enacting policies that begin to address the vastly unequal power of workers and employers. Action is needed at both the federal and the state levels. Recommendations for high-priority improvements at the federal level include the following. Fully fund labor standards and their enforcement and enhance penalties for violating the rules. Congress should heed recent calls to increase penalties for child labor violations and address chronic underfunding of the Department of Labor's Wage and Hour Division, where investigators are responsible for more than twice the number of workers they were 40 years ago. Eliminate the disparate treatment of agricultural workers under federal law. Congress should eliminate occupational carve-outs and labor and employment laws that have long enabled widespread exploitation of immigrant youth in agricultural employment. Support the PRO Act. Lawmakers should strengthen all workers' rights to organize through reforms such as the recently reintroduced PRO Act, which will reform our nation's labor law so that private sector employees can't perpetually stall union elections and contract negotiations and coerce and intimidate workers seeking to unionize. Then fix the United States' broken immigration system in order to protect migrant children. Congress should pass immigration reform that includes a path to citizenship for unauthorized immigrants, addresses the asylum processing backlog, and provides adequate oversight and protection of unaccompanied migrant children after they're released to sponsors. Then eliminate sub-minimum wages for youth. 
young workers perform the same jobs as older colleagues, often at a greater risk to their health and well-being. There is no justification for paying youth subminimum wages, which studies show can exasperate child and family poverty. Raise the fucking minimum wage. Nearly half of young workers are paid the federal minimum wage or less, and a larger share of young workers earn less than $15 an hour than any other age group. Nearly 7 million young workers. Raising the minimum wage would raise the floor for these and the nearly 14 million other workers nationwide who are paid less than $15 an hour. Eliminate the two-tiered system that fails to protect children from hazardous and or excessive work in agricultural jobs. Federal and most state laws allow lower standards for agriculture, allowing children as young as 10 to take job on some farms and placing no limits on work hours. For example, these long-standing exemptions for agricultural work are outdated and out of compliance with international standards governing child labor. Until Congress ends this system, states can and must step in to close these loopholes. Strengthen the enforcement of wage payment laws. Young workers are particularly vulnerable to wage theft. They account for nearly one-third of reported minimum wage violations, uh, citing Cooper versus Kroger, 2017, and actual raises of wage theft no, actual rates of wage theft are much higher as most wage theft goes unreported. Strengthening legal protections against wage theft, bolstering enforcement capacity, and increasing penalties would help deter employers from violating the law. Also, and finally, empower young workers to build and rebuild unions. Historically and today, young workers and immigrant workers are often at the forefront of efforts to organize unions to improve their jobs and reduce inequalities in the U.S. economy. But the rights are too often limited by gaps and exclusions in labor law. States have critical roles to play in guaranteeing full union rights for both youth and adults working in agricultural occupations and in domestic work where large numbers of young immigrant women are employed. (laughs) Unless states act, these occupations are otherwise excluded from federal labor law. All right, so there's that. Um, Let me look at the chat here. Uh, All right. Blame Texas, Ohio, the Florida of the Midwest. Yes. Um, okay. So, like I said, there's more. This is an editorial uh, opinion piece from the New York Times. Blame Tag, I hope you're listening. This is where your target comes in. The dangerous race to put more children to work. In February, the Department of Labor announced that it had discovered 102 teenagers working in hazardous conditions for a company that cleans meatpacking equipment at factories around the country, a violation of federal standards. The miners, aged 13 to 17, were working with dangerous chemicals and cleaning brisket saws and head splitters. Three of them suffered injuries, including one with caustic burns. Good old Arkansas, Walmart Central, is at the vanguard of a concerted effort by business lobbyists and Republican legislators to roll back federal and state regulations that have been in place for decades to protect children from abuse. Echoing that philosophy, bills are moving through at at least nine other state legislatures that would expand work hours for children, lift restrictions on hazardous occupations, allow them to work in locations that serve alcohol, or lower the state minimum wage for minors. The Labor Department says there has been a 69% increase since 2018 in the illegal employment of children. The response in these states is not to protect those children from exploitation, but instead to make it legal. 
Voters in these states may support deregulation, but they may not know that businesses can use these bills to work children harder, cut their wages, and put them in danger. There is time for them to persuade lawmakers to say no to these abuses. Lawmakers in these states have been vigorously lobbied by industry groups who like the flexibility of teenage employees and say that more children are needed in the workforce to make up for labor shortages. Here you go, blame tag. One of the principal lobbying organizations pushing these bills in several states is the National Federation of Independent Business, a conservative group that supports Republican candidates and has long opposed most forms of regulation as well as the Affordable Care Act. It has issued news releases praising lawmakers for passing bills that let businesses hire more minors for longer hours and taking credit for supporting these efforts. So blame tag, I hope you're listening. (coughs) Know your enemy. Guys. The National Federation of Independent Business Incorporated. Who we are. NFIB is the voice of small business advocating on behalf of America's small and independent business owners, both in Washington, D.C. and in all 50 state capitals. NFIB is nonprofit, nonpartisan, and member-driven. Since our founding in 1943, NFIB has been exclusively dedicated to small and independent businesses and remains so today. What we do, we advocate. When a big issue affects small and independent businesses, NFIB is there. We have been for over 75 years, and we will continue to be. We represent our members' interests, our one-member, our one-vote balloting process guides our work. NFIB has an ear to the ground on what's happening in Washington, D.C. and the state capitals. That puts NFIB at the forefront of advocating on today's most pressing small business issues such as taxes, health care, and regulations. And finally, we influence When NFIB speaks, legislators listen. They know that we bring them the voice of small business. That voice, hundreds of thousands strong, comes directly from NFIB's members and our research combined. They make a powerful and influential case for our advocacy. Because of NFIB's credibility, we are asked to bring the small business perspective to Congress, state capitals, the courts, and the media. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Let's see what the NFIB does. This is their stance on labor. Small business owners know that employees are their most valuable resource. Small business owners work hard to train and retain employees by creating a rewarding workplace. Finding qualified employees has been small business owners' top business problems since 2019. However, the government mandates and regulations have made labor issues and the ability to fill open positions more complicated than ever. Small businesses operate differently than large businesses. They do not have the human resource departments to track the changing standards and rules that affect their workforce and workplace. The NFIB urges Congress to eliminate burdensome mandates and prevent cumbersome regulations that inhibit job creation. Now, by the way, the link to this website is in the description of the video, and this comes directly from the website, what they support and what they don't. So, number one on the list, paid sick leave and paid family leave. Multiple proposals before Congress would mandate paid sick leave and paid family medical leave mandates on small businesses. The Build Back Better Act contains an inflexible four-week federal paid family leave program that would pose challenges to small employers trying to manage and maintain their workforce. Other proposals would mandate 10 days of paid sick leave and up to 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave on all employers, similar to the temporary requirements from the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. These requirements are unfamiliar to smaller employers with fewer than 50 employees who are not currently subject to the unpaid leave mandates of the Family and Medical Leave Act. Also, the PRO Act. 
The PRO Act will significantly restrict the rights of small business owners to contract freely, compromises the privacy of millions of Americans, and exposes small businesses to costly boycotts and protests. Uh-huh. That's called accountability where I come from, fuckers. Anyway. Oh, let's talk about their stance on minimum wage. Small business owners know that more than doubling the federal minimum wage would lead to increased labor costs and tough choices. They must either increase the cost of their product or service or reduce labor costs elsewhere. The reduction in labor costs would be achieved through reduced jobs, reduced hours, or reduced benefits. The NFIB opposes the Raise the Wage Act because 92% of NFIB members opposed an increase in the federal minimum wage to $15 per hour by 2024 and annual increases in subsequent years in a recent member ballot. In March 2021, the Raise the Wage Act was considered in the U.S. Senate as an amendment to the American Rescue Plan Act, and the amendment was rejected in a vote of 58 to 42. And then over time. The U.S. Department of Labor is considering a proposal to increase the overtime exemption threshold. The overtime rule, part of the Fair Labor Standards Act, dictates that employees must receive overtime pay of at least time and a half for hours worked over 40 in a work week. The current threshold is $35,568 annually, and experts anticipate the DOL might increase the threshold to over 50000 This means that if the threshold increases, all employees earning under the new threshold amount would be eligible for overtime pay. The NFIB opposes an effort to expand overtime eligibility as increasing the threshold would be disruptive and challenging economically for a small business. And there we are, ladies and gentlemen. There we are. Um, While I look at the chat, um, Irish, your thoughts? Well, like there, there's a huge amount to uh, digest there. There's some seriously dystopian facts that you uh, just offloaded. And uh, between that NFIB and Americans for Prosperity or America for Prosperity, between those two, I don't know which is worse. Uh, I mean, at, at least NFIB, they, they, I mean, they, they make it pretty clear. Uh, I mean, Americans for Prosperity sounds pretty positive until you actually you know, dig a little deeper. Um, but it's a sad, uh, like, reflection of, of the, I suppose, the reality on the ground in the United States. You touched on it when you started talking there first. You know, a, a, a lot of the, a, a lot of the uh, jobs that, that are being filled by minors is because of uh, struggling families. It's not because of, you know, they're wanting to unionize or job opportunities or, or work experience or anything like that. Um, and geez, it's, um, I, I think as well, there's a huge capacity problem because, you know, I, I think generally speaking in the zeitgeist there somewhere, most kind of adults that have experienced what it's like at a public facing, facing job realize it's not worth it anymore. You know, that they figure out something else to do, including maybe not getting a job at all. So who the ones that don't have the capacity to kind of make those decisions or, or have that life experience so far are minors, you know? So what they're doing really is they're just, they're just moving the exploitation. You know, they're, they, they, you know, they, they haven't budged on, on creating a, an environment where it's worth, you know, uh, the wages. So they just pick on more vulnerable. There's it's fucking vultures basically, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's sick. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, um, Welcome, Blank Stairs. I hope you're hanging in there with your baby doll head monitor at the tree. Um, welcome, Adria. 
Uh, good to see you. Um, some stuff in the chat. Um, you know, Blaine Texas Jesus in New York fucking times. Yep. Um, Hero said paid sick and family leave. What about paid mangled body or death funds? Yep. True. Um, what is, you know, Mad Dog says nonpartisan my ass, basically. Nope. Um, Hero says it's like anything else in retail. Exploit the most desperate workers and increase your CEO's bottom line. Bingo. Um, Hybrid says small businesses could just get a tax write-off for increasing their wages, but I'm no politician, though. That's true. Um, here's the thing uh, with, with all this, okay? Now, I know people who've started their own business, I, I, and I get it, and I understand, all right? But chances are the people that have started their own business, once again, we've discussed this numerous times, when they formulate their business plan, they're formulating their wages based on the least amount they can pay. And I'm sorry, if that's where you're at mentally, that means you're more concerned about how much money's going in your pocket instead of the people that are bringing that money in. I mean, look, you know, cost of living increase is, is ridiculous right now. Inflation is off the chain. Greedflation's a thing. And now the media is trying to spend like it's a good thing and whatnot. So it makes perfect sense that these small business people and, and, and like grocery and retail are pushing for cheap labor. You know, it, it's just another way to skirt around paying a wage that's, that's fair. And, you know, I'd posted on Twitter, they had, there was a Gallup poll that was done back in 2013 that people pretty much considered for like a family of four, if you made $59,000 a year, you'd be okay. You'd be making it. All right. And then they redid that this year. And, um, yeah, now it's 85,000. When you look at, you know, the cost of housing, when you look at the cost of groceries, when you look at all this stuff. Now, mind you, this Gallup poll says $85,000 for a family to get by, right? The U.S. government considers poverty $30,000 a year. So you, you, you've set yourself up to where the child labor thing comes into play once again with low income families, because they're going to send their kids out into the workforce to get every dollar they, they, they fucking can. And it's, it's stupid. And, you know, with the, the NFIB or whatever they want to call, you know, small business, look, man, I, I'm sorry. You know, you, you obviously care not about the people that work for you. You know, you, you're probably one of those kind of people that rely on tip culture, you know, if you can't pay your people good enough to keep them and you don't want to increase your own hours as the small business owner to keep things afloat, then fuck you, man. I hope you fucking fold. Get your ass in your fucking business. Run it your fucking self. Work the 60 or 70, 80, 90 hours you need to to have your wonderful dream business run because you don't, you're a cheap ass bastard and you don't pay anybody. You deserve that shit. Sorry. And the argument that you're going to raise prices and shit, we, all the economists say that's bullshit, right? Iris, you have something to say? Yeah, I, I think 
First of all, I I don't want to live in a in a retail landscape where it's just uh, the, you know late stage capitalism. Everything is owned by fucking Amazon, right? I do like small businesses. I like the quirkiness of it. I like I like diversity, right? But but what you said there is correct. If you cannot provide you know the the benefits uh, to to get employees, then you're in you shouldn't be in business but i think that their ire is misguided they should be on our side as well it's big business is the problem because they can they have teams of accounting departments and 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 they have experts that know all the loopholes that they can absorb these costs and um dodge taxes and suppress wages and everything else and and uh you know so there's there's a huge problem when the the smaller businesses cannot do the same thing so what's left is their only controllable expense are things like employees and they should really be on our side the, pro- the problem is the big business if they pay their fair uh, uh, you know amount of tax if they treat their employees appropriately then it's a fair it's a more level playing field you know um and like i mean they can get away with greedflation at a corporate level that maybe a local mom and pop shop can't because it's much easier drive two blocks down to your big box store and get it for, you know, let you know what I mean? I, I think this, it, it, we should be matched up with smaller businesses more than we are, but by and large, they had, you know, organizations speaking on their behalf, like the, 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 the one or two that you mentioned before, and they're advocating for exactly what's going to bury their small business. Right. And, and that's what's going to happen. Small businesses are going to go the way of the dodo. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure that the big corporations aren't banking on that. You know, but I do have a thing, you know, with it's just like if you're a store manager. Okay. So you're a store manager of a building. You, you Let's say it's just you and an assistant manager that only carry keys. Well, the assistant manager's out. Guess what? You got to close up shop. That's part of the gig. You know, you don't get to start your own business based on exploiting people and complain because people want better. If it, it, Fine. You want to get rid of people? Get rid of them. Get your ass in your building and run it from open to close. And maybe you will have some more perspective on what you're doing wrong as a business owner. Because, I, look, I get it and I understand entrepreneurship is a big deal. But you're dealing with people here. And it makes perfect sense why the small business organizations would be pushing child labor. So you, it's because it's cheap labor. And that's bullshit. If a 14 year old is going to do the same job as a 20 year old, you shouldn't be able to pay them less. But that's what's happening. And, you know, I'm sorry, business owners. If you don't like it, fuck off. Get in there and run your business yourself since you're so fucking smart and see how well you do by yourself. You'll find out real fucking fast that you need people. And maybe you'd have a little bit better appreciation for them if you paid them what you need to pay them. Life's hard for a lot of people. Shit's fucking outrageously expensive right now. And this organization wants to, to pull children into it. Look, don't... Don't give me some bullshit about how we're getting kids work experience early. No, 
you're looking for cheap fucking labor. They had that in the in the mines of the 1800s too. Like, I mean, that's a stupid excuse. It it, it is. Um, let's see here. Uh, what we got? Uh, Adria says she agreed with you 100% Irish. A uh, hero says that there's a documentary on child labor on the History Channel. I'm watching it. begins with this statement. Child labor or the use of children as workers, servants, and apprentices has been practiced throughout most of human history, but reached its zenith during the Industrial Revolution. Miserable working conditions, including crowded and unclean factories, a lack of safety codes, and long hours were the norm. Children could be paid less and were less likely to organize into unions. Working children were typically unable to focus on school, creating a cycle of poverty that was difficult to break yeah and what there's nothing wrong with that statement that could have been that's as true then as it is now yeah and, and so you, you really have to look at it you know okay why is there this push i mean you they they could try to paint it any fucking way they want it's cheap exploited labor is what it is period they don't like the fact that you know the younger generations now are expecting more from the employees they work for. So who do they go after? The uneducated. The ones well, that don't have the life experience. Uh, exactly. And, and it's not just the the wages. It's 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 about the control as well. Like a, a, a group of, uh, if, if your labor force is primarily teenagers, they are far, far less likely to unionize. In fact, I don't think in the history of unions there's ever been uh, you know, collection of teenagers involved uh, at the core because they have no life experience. They don't even know uh, how to, uh, you know, formulate uh, anything like that. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they still have to put up their hand if they want to go to the fucking bathroom in school. You know, I mean, it's, you know, that's... They don't know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. preying on inexperience. But exactly. If, so. But if you look at the Economic Policy Institute's you know, thing is teach them early. That's, that's why, like I said, you know, schools should be teaching kids about unions. A hundred percent. It's it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot in the curriculum in schools. I, I'm not overly familiar with the States, but I imagine it's not that much different, but there's a lot in the curriculum that's fairly, you know, irrelevant to the, to the daily, to my daily life, you know, but it would have been much better to have like some life skills, including like negotiations, know your worth, you know, kind of softer stuff like that. It may, it may be harder to grade something like that, but to teach the kids, you know, about exploitation and about like, you know, to knowing their rights or, or, or collective bargaining, you know, there's a big one. Yeah. Um, you know, because like, <clears throat> you know, you, you you, you you hail heroes of industry. What about heroes of unions? You know, how many people know Jimmy Hoffa? I know he was a fucking gangster. Name three other union leaders. The fuck? I don't know. You know Neither what I mean? Do I. But, but see, this is the thing. Like, you know, we, we, we celebrate, like everyone knows, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, you know, Richard Branson, all these people that you want to, you know, put on a boat and fucking sink it. But, you know, you don't know... Uh, people that who who got you the weekend you know who put a cap at you know at 40 hours for a working week because i guarantee fucking to you it wasn't the industry no it it wasn't and 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 that's the other thing too is you know kind of to your point you if you remember we had nick colshaw talking about you know minimum wage you know i proposed well maybe they should be teaching these things in college, you know, as something to prepare, you know, people entering the workforce, you know, basically labor law. 
And, and I think, you know, I did the same thing when we had Pete Whelan on is, you know, talking about it, it's suspiciously convenient that those kind of curriculums are absent for college and school because they don't want kids knowing that shit. They don't want people graduating knowing their worth and knowing what their rights are. And, and that's where it should start because if that ever infiltrates into the school system and academic system, as far as part of your learning courses, Ooh, Ooh, the industry's fucked. Yeah. I, I mean, one thing I think that they should teach at a much younger age is, um, I know this is a re- this is almost off topic. It's already, but is is referencing, you know, how to source things properly. Don't use fucking Facebook as a source of information, for example. You know, how to, you know, I mean, I don't understand how that's not taught at a, at a very primary level because it's, you know, you, you can't take things, uh, you know, verbatim as fact when you see it online. And, and you see that regurgitated so much. Uh, and, and then, so that, that that's one thing. But, you know, it's part of, like, you could teach it in a kind of ethics way of like, you know, to, to, to know your, your worth, know what truth is, know, know how to, like, it's okay to disagree, by the way. That's another fucking thing online you can't do. So that's why I gave up on Twitter. You oh, know, you've missed my rant then. Okay, yeah. So we're right there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's okay. Like, you and I almost certainly don't dis- don't agree on everything. We, ha- we probably haven't covered everything, but it's okay if we have to, you know, we can still have a, a reasonable discourse around it and, and agree to disagree on certain things. But, you know, it's just, it, it's not taught that that's okay. It's taught that if, you know, if, if you disagree on this topic, then that person is, is, uh, you know, isn't, uh, worthy of your time, you know? Right. Um, but like, and, again, and, that's, it, and, and not to, to sidetrack this, that's <clears throat> a very perfect point. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about, m- people being marginalized as groups. Okay. I mean, that's just something that happens. And, and that's the, the, you know, the conception of, you know, or the, what's the word, um, um, the perspective, you know, groups are being marginalized and, and I get it and I understand, but you know, what I found, and like I said, I'm not really on Twitter that much. I'm not really on social media that much anymore either, you know, because of all that mess, because we've lost that art. We, you know, I'd made a post Irish where, you know, basically saying it's okay to not like pizza. What's not okay is to shove pizza down somebody's throat to try to prove a point. And that's, that's where we are. And, and it really, if you look at the social media landscape, even in relation to what we're talking about, it's the same thing. It, it's the, the social media is a playground of hate and arguing. There are, there is no true debating. You know, the people that want to truly debate aren't on those platforms because it's like who can be the loudest and who can beat somebody into submission to accept something that they, they want no part of. And that does you know, cross over into like labor issues. You know, you've got staunch conservatives who believe that, you know, raising wages will make shit go through the roof. They're not out there complaining right now that inflation is off the chain and it's it's on purpose. You don't, like I said, you don't hear them bitch about that shit. 
at all. They just bend over and take it. But by God, the moment you talk about raising the minimum wage, oh, here they come. Oh, everything's going to get so expensive. Where have you been the last 30 fucking years? Shit's gotten fucking out of hand as far as pricing goes. And you're wanting to blame $15 an hour? Fuck off, man. Where were you? You know, it's they got to have somebody to blame. They got to have somebody, some axe to grind. It's all nonsense. And I think, unfortunately, society is at a point right now, especially in the labor issues. And, you know, we're a minority here. You know, we do the podcast and, and, and whatnot. We're very small. And like a topic like tonight makes perfect sense. But nobody's going to fucking hear it. Because everything else around us is so fucking louder promoting the opposite view. And, you know, guys, we're, we're kind of fucked. I mean, you know, if, if you, 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 you know, the power of the purse, you know, your dollars count where you spend them, you know, those things, you know, we're getting bent out of shape over all sorts of nonsense in retail right now. Could we please take that energy and I don't know, channel it to make it better for workers everywhere instead of fighting over Bud Light and, and Target? Exactly. Like, like you said earlier on, the chat, know your enemy. It, it, it's a, it's a, that's exactly what it's, it's, it's like what I say with the small businesses should be on our side as well. You know, it, it's, it, the, it, it, it comes from the top, from, from you know, the, the very top of, like, legislators uh, to big box who, who are sometimes one and the same and, and one influences the other. And, and, and it's just fecal gravity after that. And, and then, you know, people are getting distracted by absolute nonsense that, that really doesn't affect, you know, your daily lives. And, 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 and the, the logic is so inconsistent. Like, I mean, I've heard for like so many times, ad nauseum, the amount of times I've heard like, oh, if you raise the minimum wage, then these things. The minimum wage, it, 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 like Washington, D.C. has been $15 an hour for how many years now? It like it hasn't. The society hasn't collapsed there. The Big Mac index, is, like you, you, yep. you know, it's like ten cent more per Big Mac than than some bumblefuck nowhere place. You know what I mean? Um, well, unfortunately, so arguments don't add up. I mean, to your point, you know, you've got a generation of people that until they die out who've bought into that and 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 act like it's the gospel. Look, we know that's not true. I mean, we, we just do. We, we know. I mean, look at the price of eggs. I mean, uh, look, if you guys really give a fuck, go look at the price of, like, goods over the past five years, and especially look at it post-COVID, and look at profit margins, and, and you'll have your answer. But you're not going to complain about that, right? You're, you you want to fight with somebody keyboard warrior style on fucking Twitter. You know, how about this? How about instead of like sectioning everybody off in a category, make it better for humans, period. You know, quit segmenting it out. Quit. Oh, this, this, this area is marginalized. This area. No, look, we're all in this together, right? You know, the whole point of this podcast and what we do is we work in customer service. We work in retail. We all bleed the fucking same. We should all be on the same fucking page and we should all be looking out for each other to get better for ourselves. Quit sweating the nonsense because I think Gilgamesh put it 
perfectly on Twitter. You know, hate is a currency right now. That's, you know, uh, humanity should be a currency. And we should be really trying to lift each other up out here in the workforce. Put all that shit aside. Because you know what? At the end of the day, you can argue with people about that shit. But it don't make you any more money. It doesn't make the cost of living any more achievable. You know, let's focus on everybody doing better. And it starts with protesting shit where they want kids to take they want kids to take your jobs is what this is they want kids to take your jobs because as the retail war zone has always said employees are more than a controllable expense the people that are behind this movement think the complete opposite correct irish absolutely they and you know what uh i would doubt that the people that came up with um that have been pushing for this have even met their employees. I'd say they live in corporate offices and they don't even know how to run the fucking register. Um, and yeah, they like there is this there's this disconnection between like the the corporate entity and and what it's like on the ground. Um, and they come up with these what they think is a solution and then they will spin it like and they, they, they put the spin on it so oh you know we're introducing you know work ethic at a young age oh great well so did the fucking ancient romans like when everyone went to work at eight years old you know i mean like it's 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 a nonsensical it's it's backwards you're going it's yeah. like you know it, you it, it is devolution like uh, and and like you said, um, I don't particularly want to be divisive on this joke, but it it is not the, the private school kids that are that are you know waiting in line to to hand in the resume to these places. It's nope. it is people who are on the breadline, who are on the margins, uh, who are possibly uh, in in every sense it could be lack of education, could be migrants, could be uh, all sorts of things, uh, broken families, whatever. And those every bit of that is vulnerable you're exploiting labor and i actually think it's less to do with the money and more to do with the control because although we there was not a unionized kind of consensus or any sort of cohesion there was a shift away where collectively an entire generation of between 30 and 50 went fuck that Yep. You know, COVID happened and they went, you know what? Fuck it. Including me. I was an idiot working 60 hours a week up until COVID. Same. Then I got laid right off. There with you. I got laid off and it hit me like a ton of bricks. What the fuck did I just do for 20 years? Yep. I was at the first available opportunity I was dropped. And it hit me like, oh my God. And I came back with that attitude. You know what? Fuck it. I'm here for me now. And I'm still recovering. I'm a recovering retail fucking addict. You know, I still have all the bad habits. You know, I, I try to not answer my phone as much and I trade all this sort of stuff and I fail half the time. But, you know, this is the thing. They don't necessarily want the cheapest labor. They want the most control over the labor because kids are not going to go on strike. You know, they're, they're less likely to to stick up for their rights. I mean, you've seen that in the facts and figures you uh, about wage theft and yep. all sorts of stuff. You know, and but wait until shit goes wrong. I mean, what what state was it? Was it Iowa? 
that tried to you know indemnify the uh, or give immunity to uh, right. employers. Yep. Uh, good luck with that one. Jesus Christ. Well, here's uh, yeah. the thing, and this is something I want to put out there for anybody. You know, this kind of piggybacks on Gilgamesh talking about hate as a currency. Ponder, if you will. Capitalism loves that the internet argues about all the things it argues about. Capitalism loves that people feel marginalized and want to yell at other people. Capitalism keeps you distracted. And the sooner every one of you wake up and realize that, the better off we'll all be. Because that's what's going on. Hate is a currency of capitalism. Discrimination is a currency of capitalism. And the more they can throw at you, the more they can publicize to make you fight with each other over these issues. In the background, they're exploiting every fucking one of us. So I implore you to clean your plate, clear your head, and let's focus on a future moving forward where no one has to suffer. Because while they're sowing division, that's what they want because... God forbid we all came together on common ground, just like the movie Ants. And they had no choice but to make it better for everybody. That is something I think everybody needs to understand, that all these arguments about all these retailers and all these different groups of people or whatnot don't think for a minute that capitalism isn't looking at you going, wringing their hands so please keep that in mind okay just just keep that in mind if we all bleed the same and we're all on this planet for a limited amount of time we should be able to enjoy our lives okay i'm not saying you don't work i'm not like this anti-work yeah you got to contribute and you got to do stuff to keep busy man i mean you know i get bored you know a lot of people do but it shouldn't be so hard it shouldn't be so hard. And there's people making it hard for us. And they're throwing all the things out there to get everybody all riled up and miss the point. So I hope you're happy taking the bait. But there's bigger fish to fry. Um, real quick in the chat, uh, Adria says, in my experience, the corporate bosses loathe the workers and joke about how much profit they're making off our backs. That is correct. Adrian also said they want the most compliant workers who are willing to be submissive. Going back to Irish's point, young children. Hybrid says the only time I answer my phone for work is if a manager is asking what I want my schedule to be or if I'm traveling or my DM wanting to know what I want for dinner. Fair enough. Um, and Hero nailed it. If you keep the people divided, they're less likely to join together to cause change. Somebody needs to clip that in this video and put it out there because that's true um hybrid says people are more worried about culture wars to take on a class war and that's the point that is the point 
these big corporations, I'm not getting into all the semantics of what's happened over the past couple of weeks, but trust me, they're, trust me, they're paying attention. They're paying attention. So having said that, we're at 58 minutes. Irish, I want your closing thoughts on this. All right. Um, you summed it up really well, but I'll say that empty vessels make the most noise. Okay, so avoid that online. Just ignore them. Most likely, the people making the most noise don't actually want change. They're happy with the attention they're getting no matter what side they're on. Look out for the quieter ones that want change. Look out for, uh, you know, I mean, talk to each other and, and begin to see if you can unionize the bloody workforce that you're in and start from there, in, in, in my opinion. All colors agree in the dark and you are in the dark if you uh, are working a sort of ordinary job at the moment uh, in the Western world, but particularly profound, I think, and pronounced rather in the States. Uh, you guys, you know, forget about the colors or that, that whatever politi political kind of affiliations people have. Don't mind that. You should all get together. You're all one color, as you said, Steve. You bleed the same and it's dark out there. So I would... Put the semantics aside and focus on what really matters, which is people. They're more than a controllable expense. Thank you. Um, you know, guys, for those of you that do watch this stuff consistently or whatnot, please, anything you see or hear, clip it on YouTube. You can actually, like, make your own personal clip and share it. Or same thing on Twitch. You know, do that. And, you know... The retail war zone is a little beat up these days. The inspiration isn't all there. You know, you guys that show up consistently make it worthwhile. But it's been very draining the past three to four months, to be perfectly honest with you. And, you know, we touched on a little bit at night. That's why this topic is important because, you know, when you look at the grand landscape of social media and whatnot and what's really going down and what's gaining the most attention, man, the people in power are looking back, just fucking with their arms crossed, laughing their asses off because just like hero said, if you keep the people divided, they're less likely to join together to cause change. And we're a pretty smart species. And it's a shame that so many of us have fallen victim to that. And, you know, I, I love Hero with all my heart and soul. She's extremely intelligent, and she knows what's up. And, and we have all sorts of conversations, you know, outside of the podcast and whatnot about these different kind of things. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, we're people, man. We're getting lost in the weeds with stupid shit. And the people in charge love it. You know, the people in charge are coming for your children. Adopted, natural birth, whatever. They're coming for your kids to get a, a to get ahead. And we better get up, you know, ahead of it now. Because I had also posted on Twitter with the advent of AI. Think about a future that is coming. And Irish, you missed this because you got rid of Twitter. Think about this. AI is going to take over all the tech jobs, right? 
and all of us came through school and whatnot. And our guidance counselor said, you need to get a job in coding. You need to get a job in computer programming. You need to get a job in this tech sector and you need to do this and you need to do that. And guess what? They have computers that can do it now that don't get paid. So guess what business in the next 10 years is going to be the most desirable to work in. And that's fucking retail and customer service. What do you think about that, Irish? Real quick. <laughs> is that uh, not ironic? Comes full circle, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, that, that, that would be um, entertaining in, in, in a certain respect. And yeah, AI is going to have a huge, massive, unknown effect on, on every industry, I imagine including retail, but uh, we're a little more sheltered than most because, um, th- th- you know, we're, we're going to be pretty much the last, uh, you know, to uh, be automated because you still have to deal with the general public. And, you know, there's no AI on earth at the moment. That's where we're ready for that. I mean, think, I mean, think about that, Irish. We've spent all our lives uh, talking about how shitty this business is, and it's not going to get any, any less unshitty, right? But imagine that the business that we're in becomes the most desirable because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Well then the <laughs> dystopian hellscape will be complete. It, it will. And that's, that's the most frightening part about all this shit because I mean, you know, guys and gals, listen, AI is not going to replace physical labor. Not yet, and not for a very long time. AI will absolutely replace the zeros and the ones and the binary systems and and all the code. Look, it if <laughs> I I don't really know how to feel about it because I'm in it already, but the fact that we talk about how shitty this business is, and there's a huge possibility that is the only human interaction business that exists in 20 years. Wrap your head around that shit. We t- you, you, welcome to Costco. I love you. Idiocracy bullshit. Retail. <laughs> retail. I, I, it's almost like this was planned. You know, we, we hate the business. We hate how we're paid. But imagine, imagine if you know, retail and customer service is the only job that can be filled by humans. The companies own the market and therefore they can dictate pay however they choose. That's why it's important now to get that pay boosted. You're protecting the future. You're protecting your kids because trust me, there's going to come a time where your kids are going to get dropped into this business because there's nothing else fucking left. So let us all band together. Let's get the wages raised. Let's set ourselves up for a world where we're unloading trucks. We're stocking shelves. We're dealing with customers every fucking day. Let us at least get paid for it because there's not going to be anything left else to do. Yeah, it certainly shouldn't be kids doing it. That's just investing in poverty long term. Yep. 
So having said that, everybody, have a great night. The audio for this, I will mix and master in the morning. It'll go up on the podcast sites tomorrow. Irish, thank you for being here. I know it's late there. Um, guys, you know, feel I'll post the replay up here shortly. Feel free to share. Um, once again, if you weren't here at the beginning of the show, what we're probably going to do is it's going to be, you know, therapy sessions three times a month and then one retail war zone if you have a topic or you have somebody who wants to be on the show please send them our way we'll go from there but having said that everybody have a great night thank you for your input thank you for your participation please spread the word i'd love to see us do more than we're doing now um the burnout's real and not seeing any kind of growth does kind of damper expectations a little bit so Help us out here. So having said that, everybody have a great night, and we will see you next time.